the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. We're running a few reruns. I'm taking a few days off. I'll be back live on January 3rd. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, November the 27th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. Today, in 1901, the U.S. Army War College was established in Washington, D.C., Today, in 1924, Macy's first Thanksgiving Day Parade was called the Christmas Parade. It took place in New York City, of course. Today, in 1942, during World War II, the Vichy French Navy scuttled its ships and submarines in Toulon. They did that to keep them out of the hands of the German troops. Today, in 1962, the first Boeing 727 was rolled out at the company's Renton plant, That's just outside of Seattle, for those of you who don't know. Today in 2021, the new potentially more contagious Omicron, that's a variant of the coronavirus, it popped up in more European countries just days after being identified in South Africa. That was a year ago today. Today in 2022, protesters pushed back to the brink by China's strict COVID measures, and they were brutal. Remember those pictures we saw of them dragging people, women, children, out of their little flats where they lived, dragging them out into the street and so on? Well, the measures called for removal of the country's all-powerful leader and clashed with police as crowds took to the streets in several cities. You know, it's interesting. Power corrupts, it has been said. Absolute power absolutely corrupts. We're learning this morning that a secretive surveillance initiative managed, no, not by China, by our White House. A secretive surveillance initiative managed by our White House grants law enforcement agencies unprecedented access to trillions. I read it twice. It's not millions, it's trillions of American phone records. These are raising significant privacy and legal concerns, as they should. Some people are pretty upset about this. It's kind of breaking into the news this morning. A Wired investigation, the organization, it's a, they they talk about technology. It's called Wired. Many of you are probably familiar with it. But anyway, a wired investigation has revealed that a secret White House surveillance program that permits federal, state, and local law enforcement agencies to, to access an extensive number of U.S. phone records, known as Data Analytical Services, DOS. This program functions in partnership with the telecom giant AT&T, offering a comprehensive analysis of American call records to law enforcement agencies all at all levels of government, 
It isn't just the highest levels or those that are secure and so on. This deal not only involves direct phone contacts of criminal suspects, but it extends to their social networks and as well and snooping on individuals who have been suspected of any criminal activity at all. All they have to do is wonder if you have been involved. Trillions of phone messages. The government will now be going through those and deciding who to follow up on and who not to follow up on. I think if we have leadership that is righteous, good, honest, truthful, then perhaps not so much to worry about, although we should worry about it. We should take steps to change this. But if you have someone that is even tainted a little bit with corruption, I think we should be very aware and very concerned. And I'm sure people are, and some, I think, are taking action even today on this matter. Interesting, over the Thanksgiving long weekend, President Joe Biden, he omitted any reference to Almighty God or Divine Providence Thursday in his annual proclamation on this all-American feast of Thanksgiving. In his own 1863 presidential proclamation instituting Thanksgiving in the first place that we just celebrated over these last few days, instituted it as a national holiday, Abraham Lincoln urged his fellow Americans to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. Even in the midst of civil war, Lincoln recalled many blessings and bounties bestowed on this nation, attributed them to all of them, to God, to the Almighty. No human counsel, he said, hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. Lincoln said they are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. In this way, he enjoined his fellow citizens to offer up, quote, the ascriptions justly due to him for such singular deliverances and blessings. And in case anyone forgets to thank Almighty God for these gifts, Lincoln also issued a warning. He said, noting that these bounties are so constantly enjoyed, they are prone to forget the source from which they come. Now fast forward 160 years. It would seem that a devoutly Catholic president like Joe Biden would not forget, but he has. He's done just that. Insisting in his own 2023 proclamation just last Thursday that Lincoln had established this national holiday to honor the blessing of our country rather than to praise God and and thank God. He eliminated God. He mentioned the blessings, but he didn't mentioned the source, from whom all blessings flow. That was deliberate. It's not an accident. People go over the speech. They tell him what to say, I'm sure. But the people that are pulling the strings decided they didn't want God, and Joe Biden either didn't know the difference or didn't care. He went through a long litany of people that he thanked and remembered. He remembered firefighters, police officers, First responders, doctors, nurses, scientists, public servants, 
union workers, teachers, mothers, fathers, and caregivers. They were all mentioned in his Thanksgiving proclamation. But he conspicuously failed to acknowledge the source from whom all blessings flow. I don't mean to be critical, but this is offensive. Very offensive. Does he think all blessings flow from the government? My educated guess is yes. To be fair, however, Biden is not the first American president in recent memory to refrain from thanking God in his Thanksgiving proclamation. In 2016, then-President Barack Obama famously chose to give God the cold shoulder, just like, just like Biden. He wrote him out of the, out of the feast. God had no part. Obama went through a whole litany of things, much like Obama did, like Biden did. Maybe Obama wrote the script. Maybe his people wrote the script. I don't know. So while presidents Ronald Reagan, George Bush, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Donald Trump all explicitly recognized Almighty God in every yearly Thanksgiving proclamation, Biden has now joined Obama in the infamy of secularizing our country's most religious, homegrown holiday. That's why it's important to be involved. It's important to vote, and it's important to see that our vote counts. It's not cast aside. Psalm 138, verse 1, says, Thanks to God from whom all blessings flow. We need to get that straight in America. Continuing, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. The psalmist will rise above the gods of this world, made of wood and stone, and in our cases, sometimes just perception. I will rise above that, and I will praise thee, almighty God, with all my heart. Don't you long for leadership in America who will at least recognize God as the source of our blessings on Thanksgiving? What will he say come Christmas in a few weeks? Who knows? Republicans are seeking consensus on abortion. That's offensive. It should be to all pro-life people, regardless of your political affiliation. If you believe that life is sanctified, it seems to me that we should not seek a consensus on abortion. What kind of a consensus can you come to with someone who believes that life is disposable if they're unwanted, timing is off, whatever? This is a real problem. It should be a real problem for all pro-life people. All people should be pro-life because God has given you life. Like Ronald Reagan said, he said, I've noticed that everybody who's for abortion has already been born. That's true, obviously. While some Republicans are working to find this consensus with the left, the left is moving forward. They're taking action. That's part of the problem that we have in America today. The left takes action, blatantly so. If they get defeated, they just keep going. They lie, they do whatever they need to do, but they just keep going. 
And if they get a little win, that's incremental. That's a step in the right direction. Let's keep going. Currently, nine states are in play for the upcoming 2024 election. They're collecting signatures for various abortion ballot initiatives ahead of this 2024 election. They're seeking to enshrine the so-called right to abortion in every state. The left is emboldened because so far, so far they're planning this work. Every single abortion-related ballot uh, ballot measure since the, the fall of Roe, Roe v. Wade has been successful. None of them have failed. At the moment, the left is leading with an abortion with their abortion agenda, while too many Republican politicians are following them, trying to find a consensus with the left when an unborn child can be ripped from its mother's womb and disposed of. I mean, that's what it is. Oh, we, you know, we, they found fancy words and they, you know, they paint it all up and wrap it with a bow and they say, well, it's health care. It isn't health care. It's murdering unwanted unborn children. And anyone, a fifth grader knows that. A first grader in today's environment knows that. We need leadership, not compromise in this country. Consensus on the matter of the sanctity of life. We can kill this many babies, but we can't kill that many babies. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. The more I read, I, I see people that I I have respected talking about consensus on abortion. Yeah, but Gary, you don't understand. Yes, I do understand. I've observed politics. I've never been involved in it because God has called me to a different calling. But I will tell you, I would have run for office had I not been called to a different calling. These people say things to get elected, and then they get elected and they go to wherever, Olympia or Salem or Boise or Sacramento or whatever, or they go to Washington, D.C., and it's kind of like, now, what was your name, Mr. Voter? I mean, it's like, I'm in, and they join the club. And then they come back to us and they say, well, it's really complicated. You don't understand. Yeah, it's really complicated because people don't stand up for what they believe after they're elected when they've promised the electorate that they're going to do so. That's the problem. And that is complication. We need we need to come to a point where the people who say they're Republicans or conservatives or pro-life or whatever, Catholics or whatever, they really are. And they do it. They just lead. If they get knocked down, they get up and, and keep keep walking. There are some in Congress that do, but not a majority. Things would be different if we had a majority. Pro-abortion organizations and activists are backed by affiliates at large left-wing organizations like Planned Parenthood, ACLU. They have, in kind of a stealthful way, turned to ballot measures in hopes of shoring up and even growing the abortion complex in the shift from federal power to state power. I think that was a good move. I agree with that. But the states need to stand up now and be the state. These these measures that the left are presenting and getting passed are very misrepresented. I haven't read them all, but I have looked at a lot of them and read all of a lot of them, but not all of the issues. But the way they're presented, it's presented in a way that you would almost feel like a rogue if you didn't vote for women's health care and the struggling women whose testimonies they follow up with. 
how they were down and out and their husband had left them and they were homeless and, and this happens. But are those kinds of stories enough to say, yep, we've got to keep killing babies. It's just not right to let those babies be born if that mother doesn't want them. That's where we are in America today. The fall of Roe v. Wade should have should have spoken to some of these issues, but without leadership, they don't. It doesn't. During the 2022 special elections, people of Kansas rejected a ballot measure that would have established that the state constitution does not include a right to abortion. But the people were tricked. They were misled by misleading ads, millions and millions and millions of dollars of misleading ads. And the people who are not informed stood for what they were hearing on television, radio. That's what's happening. During the 2022 midterms, voters in California and Michigan and Vermont, they codified abortion into their constitutions. I have read testimony of people who said, I didn't realize what I was voting for. They're simply misled, in great part. There are those that are all in on abortion. I mean, abortion's like, you know, sucking a cough, a cough drop when you have a sore throat. It's not a big deal to them until after the fact. At the same time, voters in Montana rejected a ballot measure that would have given rights to babies born alive in botched abortions. But, oh no. Voters in Kentucky also rejected an amendment similar to the one in Kansas on November 7th. Ohio, they also voted to codify the supposed right to abortion in their state constitution. It was called Issue 1. <clears throat> well, it should be Issue 1, but it shouldn't go that way. If life, if life is not somehow sanctified in the minds of people, we have no culture. We have no order. We have no orderly society. If we can't even, if we can't even find within ourselves to place value on life. And this isn't just about the unborn child. It certainly is first and foremost. But people wring their hands and they say we need more money and to spend. Well, people are out on the street shooting people every single night in many cities, every night, 365 days out of the year. And we say, well, we need to invest more money. We need more investment in the city. We need more counselors. We need more. We don't need any of that. First and foremost, we need to get it straight that life is sanctified. And I think if we could, as a nation, you talk about a consensus, if we could come to the point where we say life is sanctified and let every all the other policies relate to that truth. If we can't embrace that truth, we are hopelessly and helplessly lost for eternity. God said, thou shalt not murder because he breathed life into humanity. We exist in his image, in his likeness, because he breathed life into us. And to those that we would create in marriage, in our family, children. I don't know, what's the matter with us? 
how do we get to these places of darkness where we're walking around stumbling, falling in the ditch, as Jesus talked about when the blind lead the blind? These ballot measures are effective because, first of all, they're propped up by these billionaire organizations far left that really George Soros and all of these guys, they're all globalists. So they're not trying to build America, and they're not trying to give women the right to abort. They're trying to destroy the very foundations of this nation. It is very clear what they're trying to do. And if they can strike the heart of life, they can bring down any institution in America, and they're doing so. A number of states are walking this path. Nebraska is a coalition of left-wing groups officially launched its effort last week to enshrine the supposed right to abortion into the Nebraska Constitution. It's called Protect Our Rights. It's a coalition that's endorsed by groups like American Civil Liberties, ACLU of Nebraska, Planned Parenthood, Advocates of Nebraska, and so on. The, uh, they submitted their proposed peti- petition here just a few days ago to the Nebraska Secretary of State. They're moving forward. South Dakota, same thing. They have a very principled governor, but a group called Dakotans for Health has reportedly reached the required signatures needed to submit its abortion ballot initiative to the Secretary of State's office. The proposed constitutional amendment would allow abortions during the first trimester of pregnancy and would only allow the state to regulate abortion in the second trimester, and on and on it goes, the third trimester. By the time you get through with all of it, it's gobbledygook to say we want to protect the women and so on, but we're going to be killing all these babies. That's the bottom line. It's the bottom line on every one of these. If it makes it on the ballot, it would require a simple majority of voters to pass. And I can guarantee you from the testimonies I've read of people who have regret, have buyer's remorse after they've voted for these kinds of legislation. They've been misled because they're not informed. They've just been listening. They're working hard, trying to make ends meet, support their family, do the right thing. Many of them, some of them are activists. They, they don't care. But for the most part, it's ordinary people, just like you and me. They get up and they do what they do every day. And they're, they're basically good people, but they're misled. They're misled purposely by the billionaires behind the scenes, and they're misled by the corrupted politicians who write write the, this kind of legislation. And then when it all shakes out, the voter has regret. They say, I don't feel like this was the right thing. I, I, I didn't understand. I didn't understand the issue. Missouri, same thing. Several groups have proposed pro, pro-abortion amendments in Missouri, but one actually appears to be moving forward led by, guess who, Jamie Corley, a Republican, former congressional aide to a Republican. I can't remember which one. Anyway, she's leading that that one for abortion, basically. It's a pro-abortion movement under the guise of wanting to limit abortion. We don't need a consensus. Seeking to extend their unbroken unbroken winning streak, abortion rights supporters are already deeply entrenched in efforts in at least these nine states. There are others. Arizona is one group called Arizona for Abortion Access. They're working to place an amendment on the ballot in 2024. We have quite a few listeners in Arizona. Beware, be aware. 
And if you have friends that are not aware, help them. Tell them. This would create a quote-unquote fundamental right to abortion under fetal viability. NBC is all over that story in in, uh, Arizona. They've written several articles on it. NBC says at that point the measure would bar the state from restricting abortion care in situations where the health of uh, or life of the pregnant person is at risk, according to the treating health care professional, the report says. End of quote. That's NBC News. The group endorsed by left-wing organizations, again, ACLU of Arizona, Planned Parenthood Advocates of Arizona, they must gather 384,000 signatures by July 3rd to qualify this. Chris Love, who's heading up that in Arizona, he says, yeah, we're right on target, no problem. He, he said, It looks like we will have enough signatures in advance. Nevada, same thing. Abortion through 24 weeks of pregnancy has already been codified in 1990 through a referendum vote. Now they're taking it another step. Maryland, New York, Colorado. Left-wing coalition in Colorado in early uh, stages of creating a ballot initiative. They would formally enshrine the right to abortion in the state constitution. It's been collective. People are understanding the issue. It's about women's health and so on. The news media is tracking these actions very closely. NBC has reported, as I said, a number of times on them. Another article said Republican candidates at the debate in Florida struggled to agree on a path forward on abortion to help the party win. CNN also reported on that, and they said essentially the same thing. Republicans admitted, admit that abortion rights are a huge challenge for them in 2024. The Washington Post says, quote, Republicans still struggle to find a winning strategy. Many say they have a messaging problem. ABC wrote quite an interesting article on Nikki Haley. She made a, they say Nikki Haley made a moderate case on abortion, calling for a national consensus. A national consensus? Does she honestly think that everybody, and I like Nikki Haley. I mean, she's great. She was a good governor, I think. I don't live there, but I mean, it seemed like she was. But she wants a national consensus on abortion. Does she really think that the far left, who has no sense of sanctity where life is concerned, is going to come to some agreement with us? on the right, who believe that life is sanctified by God? I don't think so. I know they won't. I've been around a while. I'm over 40. U.S. Senator Chris Murphy, he's a Democrat from Connecticut, he's called out the Republican confusion from the Senate floor. It's on the record. He called us hypocrites. And we are in this respect. We say one thing, we're confused In our own debates, we don't even know what our position on abortion is. Why cannot we stake out our position? And you say, Gary, but you don't understand. We've got to win this thing incrementally. Well, we haven't, and we've been incremental for the last 25 years. So why don't we try another path? Why don't we just stand up for what is good and true and righteous, as our founding fathers did, and then see what God might do to help us? We cannot bring ourselves to that, some of us, including Nikki Haley. And I'm not opposed to her. I'm just telling the truth. That's the way it is. 
I know some of you listening like her. You plan to vote for her. She runs for president. If she's the nominee for president, I understand that. But goodness sake, let's turn on the light and look at things for what they are. Thanks for being with me today. Thank you for your support. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.